This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Hello and welcome to the first episode of OPI Talk for 2021. I'm your host, Andy Braithwaite. Now, one of the biggest stories from last year was the demise of the Spot Group in the UK. Office Team, Zen Office, Spices Island and some other assets were acquired by an island-based organisation called Paragon. And this led to the formation of what is now called the OT Group. A few weeks ago, in the middle of December, myself and OPI CEO Steve Hilliard had the opportunity to interview Paragon CEO Sean Shine and the now outgoing CEO of OT Group, Steve Horn. This extract from that conversation will hopefully give you a better understanding of who Paragon is and the background leading up to their acquisition of those spot assets. Sean, I have to admit, uh, I'm probably not alone in being unaware of Paragon Group prior to Q1 of this year. So just for the benefit of myself, but more importantly, our audience and readers, if you could give us a brief background on, on the company, its sort of history, how it's evolved, you know, what, what it does. Uh, and then we'll talk a bit more about the uh, the interest in the office uh, supplies and solutions industry. So so a bit of a background, and I'll talk for a while just to give you the full picture. So Paragon today, um, just over 9,000 people. Uh, we're just about to release our audited accounts, which we will in the next three days. So I'll actually refer to some of those because obviously we won't be going to publish before then. Um, so at the end of June, our, our fiscal year runs to the end of June. At the end of June, we'll be reporting numbers of 1.081 billion, um, which is 29% growth in the previous year. And then underlying EBITDA in that number at 77 million, which is 54% growth in the previous year. Uh, so despite COVID, which kicked in obviously March, um, till a set of solid numbers, as I say, 29% uh, growth. We also will finish with 147 million of cash on the balance sheet at that date. Now, just to give you a sense of what we do. So Paragon Group focuses on customer communications, identification, graphics and workplace services. So they're the kind of areas uh, where we go. Um, In terms of history, uh, Paragon Group traces its history back to the 1800s. There were some some Paragon companies in East London that were involved in check printing and stuff like that. Then it came 100 years forward, Moore Paragon uh, owned the business. And then uh, Paddy Crean, who's now the executive chairman, he would have bought the company in 1998, set up the company in 98. So that that's the current version of Paragon, so to speak, if I can use those terms. Um, so, and at that point, uh, we were focused on print services, some customer communication, some graphics, and then the company has grown uh, pretty much uh, since then. And, you know, just to give you a sense, uh, four years ago, the Paragon Group was doing just under 400 million euro. As I say, at the point of last audit, 1081 billion, and we expect to do an excess of 1.3 billion this year. Now, what we've done over the last number of years is really clarified in terms of our business division. So customer communications is the biggest one, and that does end-to-end marketing, 
transaction services and digital customer experience. If you get a bill from BT and the letterbox, if you get a lot of the communications from banks, from asset management companies, there's a fair chance that a lot of those have been produced by Paragon. Uh, we also do a lot of marketing services. And where that once upon a time used to be all physical, it's now shifting towards a mix of digital and physical. And so that customer communications in, in, in the round. And um, Paragon ID, you're definitely a customer. Any, any rail ticket that you buy in the UK, we produce. So the, the orange tickets, the magnetic tickets, we produce all of those. Oyster card, we produce those. So we kind of range in the ticket in the transportation business from paper, magnetic, uh, through to uh, card-based uh, non-touch ticketing and also now to put full virtual ticketing on the internet. So that end-to-end. -end. Uh, there's a fair chance your passport that we've produced, uh, the data page of your passport, because uh, ID is everything to do with radio frequency ID. So RFID, uh, so that then is ticketing, EID, and then traceability in terms of being able to trace anything that has an intrinsic value. Uh, for example, we're working with um, Caterpillar at the moment. They track some of their big arms around their plants using RFIDs that we have. A lot of the NHS trusts are using uh, our traceability items, so they put them on their equipment. And obviously, in a hospital, it's very important to know where the equipment is. And in fact, interestingly, in the last few months down in Plymouth, in the Plymouth Trust, uh, we did an installation of new software and we did it entirely remotely because they needed to get even more closely focused on identifying where the equipment was and cleaning cycles during COVID. Uh, so we did that for them. So it's really anything to do with traceability. And the final part of the business in ID is payment. Uh, you may be aware that we bought um, Thames Technology down in South End uh, just last year. Uh, so we produce uh, credit cards and uh, loyalty cards and, and stuff like that. So that's the ID business. And finally then Paragon Graphics. Paragon Graphics is the largest display business in the UK. So any of the big displays you see, any of the football stadia actually, so the the, uh, the FA Cup you see, you might remember the big yellow flags that were all over it. So we dressed the entire stadium, we produced all of that material. And so for a lot of the football clubs at the moment, we produce their large-scale display. Buckingham Palace was doing some construction work last year, so we wrapped the building for them, so the big building wraps. A lot of the point of sale you see in retail, uh, stuff like that, as I say, we're the biggest producer. And that's as a result of we bought Service Graphics a couple of years ago. Uh, we bought Optink, we bought Image Factory, and a whole series of other companies. In addition to that large-scale display, we also do print and design. Uh, we used to be called Service Point in the UK, and we changed the name of that to be Service Graphics as well. So that's the okay. And then finally, in terms of workplace services, uh, obviously, and, and you know, our focus is on the adjacencies to the businesses that we have uh, and seeing what we can add into. And, and obviously, we'll come and talk about that in a while when we talk about office team. But but that's so today, as I say, then, you know, end up with 9000 people, just a little over 9000 people. Uh, we are based in 20 countries. Our primary footprint, our biggest market is the UK, but our primary footprint in Paragon is, is UK, France, Germany, Netherlands. As part of the UK, we have Ireland and Luxembourg. Uh, we have Luxembourg because we do a lot of asset management work within PCC in the UK, and Luxembourg is set up. We, we got a license there last year to continue doing more asset management because, frankly, all the asset management companies are based in London, in Luxembourg and in Dublin. And so we now have a footprint in each of those and they're the same companies. Uh, so we supply service to each of those. Uh, France includes Romania and includes Spain and Italy. And Germany includes Poland and Czech. 
and then uh, Netherlands and Belgium merge together. And then we have a series of nearshore operations in the Ukraine and Bulgaria and a few other countries where we do software development and other aspects. So that's the kind of, we have some uh, offices in the US, PID has an office in the US, plus we have some sales offices. And then some of our digital businesses also have, have activities in the US as well. So as I say today, 20 countries, about 9,000 people. Some of the things we talk about, and these are taglines, but I think they're actually pretty relevant in terms of getting a sense. One is we talk about connecting with your customers, all around customer communications. We talk about transforming those customer connections from physical to digital. In ID, they talk about secure ID in, in a connected world. And in our graphics business, we talk about everything print and design. So it's kind of all of those pieces coming together. Um, and, you know, our focus is to work very closely with our customers. We're very customer focused. Uh, we like to think we're an agile company. We have a fairly small center and then all the action happens in the businesses that are facing our customers. And we try and work closely with our customers because and our view is that the customers are the most important thing. Uh, we have long term relationships with our customers. So on average, the last time I looked at it, our average customer length was 14 years. As you can imagine, and that, sorry, that's for the top 200 customers. As you can imagine, if the average is 14 years, there are some in there that are much longer than that. Uh, so that long-term focus, and obviously, if you have that long-term focus with customers, you have to change through various generations in terms of technology and what have you. And the, the transportation example is very good. You know, once upon a time, train tickets were a piece of paper. Then they became a piece of paper with a magnetic stripe. Then they became perhaps some sort of a plastic substrate, you know, flexible PVC or something that had a magnetic stripe. Then they became a plastic card that had an RFI chip in it. And today they are based in a mobile phone where they're completely virtual. Our focus is to supply all of those. So not particularly focused on the particular generation you're at, because when you're working with a customer, it's sometimes making those transitions that can take time and going from one to the next. So rather than focusing, oh, we've got the best whiz band technology in this, we say, no, we really understand your industry. We've got all the certifications. We have a long term focus in working with you and we try and deliver service all the way. I'll pause there for Brett, see if any questions. <laughs> well, um, I certainly have a much greater understanding of the organization now after that very thorough uh, explanation i'm still not quite sure where the where the link is to office team so Thanks. i guess if i have to answer ask a question is you know was was an organization like office team on your sort of acquisition radar coming into 2020 or was it more of an opportunistic move given the the woes that that spot group found itself in I think it's kind of probably two parts to the answer. So first, um, and, and the way we organize, sorry, because this is relevant, and then I'll go into your questions. So the way we organize, when I, I came in uh, just over four years ago, I came in as chief operating officer first, and then took over as CEO at the beginning of this year. You might say that becoming CEO in January and COVID happening in March, it's been an interesting year, but there you go. Um, but Paddy, who's the chairman, uh, works uh, continues to focus. Obviously, he's very hands-on in the business, but he focuses on the acquisition aspects as well and John Rogers who's our executive director responsible for corporate development but John and Paddy focus on acquisitions now uh, they've always had a strategic view of the market for many years and obviously we, we, we do a lot of acquisitions um, you know last year we did uh, eight acquisitions in the full year last year but we did sit six in the subsequent period so we average at about uh, you know 10 to 15 per year 
uh, acquisitions. And what we have is a strategic view of the marketplace in terms of segments and so on. And we track that over the years in terms of where we might go. And certainly Paddy has always had a view that the office services market is one that it's quite adjacent to us. Um, you know, it's it's not a, a full step away. I would say it's a kind of a half step away. And when you look at some, uh, particular when you look at the customer mix, and uh, they're the sort of customers that we're providing other service services to across the group. So you say, okay, one, very good customers. Um, secondly, when you look at some of the services they're buying, yes, they're buying office products, but then they're all, also buying office services. You know, there might be managed print services, there might be print itself print services, or there might be workplace solutions. And you say, actually, that that's in the space of where Paragon was already in. So it there is an adjacency. And the sort of customers are the sort of customers we're dealing with. So when you take those pieces together, you say, okay. And the other uh, really good thing we found when we were looking at Office Team is that the software development that's been done in Office Team, in particular SmartPad, which is really powerful, uh, you know, the, the, the investment that had been made and the software, the facilitation that customers have by using SmartPad. And we looked at that and said, well, that's really good. And that's something we can also use as well. So then we looked at it and said, okay, there's that adjacency. There's similar customers. There's software within Office Team that can be used across Paragon. There are pieces within Paragon that can be used within Office Team. Uh, from a market perspective, we're squarely in you know, our sweet spot in the UK. You take all of those together and you say, fine, let's go for it. So it's kind of all of those pieces together. Okay. Uh, to what extent did, you know, the situation that Spot got itself into in Q1 and then, of course, COVID-19 came along at the back end of Q1, did that accelerate a plan you already had or did that just... It's, um... it, to be honest, you know, as a, as a business that does a lot of acquisitions, we're always on the outlook. So, you know, and we've, over the years, we have bought companies out of administration. We have bought companies that have been quite proper. There's always a mix in terms of the type of acquisitions we do. And obviously, when Office Team came up, it then aligned with what I've described to you in terms of the strategic view, and that allowed us to move fast. As I said, we do pride ourselves on moving fast and being agile. And, you know, the way we're organized allows us to do that. So we just said, fine, you know, here's a good opportunity. It's a good company. There are good customers. There are good people. Uh, there's good software. Fine, let's go first. Yeah, we certainly moved quickly. I think the whole thing took um, about a month or so from... Uh, 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 I would tell you exactly, uh, it took from the 11th of May through to about the 1st of June, so about 14, 15 days, maybe 17 days. So let's um, talk about Spice as an office team kind of coming into what's been a very challenging year, Steve. Um, you know, how would you summarize the condition of those two entities as we enter 2020? Sure. So I think it's probably worth looking back on how we got where we are today and then step forward and how we see moving into 2020 or, or talk about 2020. So there's no secret, like a lot of businesses in the industry, we, we financed ourselves through asset-based lending. Um, so through factoring against sales invoices. And when COVID hit and your sales dropped to the percentages they did in the spot group, it means that you're borrowing a lot less money, but you've still got your creditors built up over the last 30, 60, 90 days. Our original view, once we saw the sales drop off and the, the ability to lend drop, was to go through a sales process. So the first step was, look, we don't know how long this is going to go on. 
we know the direction doesn't look good. Uh, so let's put the business through a sales process. And we put the whole business up for sale. And initially, um, there was very little interest. During that period, the management team and me put together an MBO, uh, which was called Gloria. So often people ask, what did Gloria mean? It was a restructuring of the business under an MBO. So we were in talks with the bank, still running a sales process and building the MBO. You can understand the bank were nervous because, you know, funding or supporting an MBO in, in a market that historically hasn't performed well over the last number of years was, was, uh, was taking a lot of convincing. And then Paragon entered the, the fray and, and discussion started. And to try and explore those discussions, we then entered into a notice of intention to give us time to protect the business knowing that there looked like there was an opportunity to to save at least part of the business through it. The banks obviously much preferred someone like Paragon than pulling together an MBO. And we went through a pre-pack with parts of the business, which was office team, Vices Island. Zen um, will be part of the group, but we're waiting for FCA approval on that, which was always conditions. You can't do a change of control until you get FCA approval when they operate under that. Um, and spices we left in administration. And the reality is, over the years, spices has struggled. You know, it's a low margin business with high cost to serve. And we couldn't see a way, and we looked in all options that we could save that business. Um, and so to protect as many jobs as possible, that's why we decided to go through the pre pack route with the businesses we did. And it was about saving the most jobs. You know, it, if we hadn't done that, I don't think the jobs we saved would have been there today, in all honesty. You mentioned you know, saving jobs was a big priority. How, how many jobs did you manage to, to save? I think there were about 1,100 altogether pre-administration. The size of the business is always difficult to say because, you know, with COVID, non-COVID, when, when COVID finishes, but as you say, there was 1,100 people. We managed to save 50% of, of those coming through the prepack. And the biggest amount of colleagues we lost was when we took the logistics infrastructure of office team out from being own fleet and moved it onto a courier service. So that took out 15 small, what we call um, local distribution centers. Uh, all the fleet and drivers and give us a much more variable model to deliver. I think a number of people in the industry might have said that the writing was on the wall for spices, you know, long before, you know, the beginning of this year. To what, to what extent do you think you should have made decisions earlier to deal with the spices situation and not leave it until it was critical? You know, that's always a decision of a management team, you know, but we believed pre-COVID we had the right strategies in place to see spices move forward. And we were seeing early signs of that. Now, if I look back for two years previously, spices hadn't introduced a single new product. Um, and also investment in technology was very low. Uh, so we, we believed, and you know, we talked about this before, Steve, putting extended ranges in, making us easy to trade with. Uh, reducing our cost to serve. 
I, I always thought that we could have traded spices out of where it was. Um, and we were seeing that journey. Unfortunately, COVID came in. And as I say, you know, when your sales drop as much as they did and you're borrowing against those sales and you don't know how long that's going to go on for and you've got a list of creditors waiting to be paid, uh, you're going in one direction. Thank you for listening to this episode of OPI Talk. For the rest of the interview with Sean Shine and Steve Horn, which covers topics such as the strategic priorities for the OT Group, market conditions in the UK, adapting to work from home, Brexit and the new relationship with EOSA, make sure you check out the January-February 2021 issue of OPI Magazine. Now, this content will only be available to OPI subscribers. If you are not already a member of OPI, please go to the OPI website, opi.net, and click on the blue Register for Free button near the top right of the homepage. And join us soon for another episode of OPI Talk.